Hello, uh, so my name's Will, I'm the student minister here at Mary Creek and uh, by the way I thought I'd uh, film this sermon in black and white for a reason uh, that will become obvious a bit later on in the sermon. Anyway, this is my first sermon here with you all and this is also the first sermon in a series uh, that I and others will be preaching on the book of 1 Peter. As you might know, that's a book that's written by Simon Peter uh, who was one of Jesus' disciples who we read a lot about uh, in the Gospels. Uh, for example, Simon Peter was there when Jesus was transfigured. Uh, that was when Jesus went up onto a mountain and his clothes began to shine in a very dazzling white. Well, Peter wrote this letter a long time after that. Uh, by then, Jesus had gone back into heaven and Peter and uh, all his fellow Christians were waiting for Jesus to come back to earth again, uh, this time in all his glory, uh, just like in the transfiguration, but uh, even more glorious uh, than then. And at that time, uh, Jesus would be establishing a new creation where he would live uh, with all his people in peace and love uh, forever. So at the time of writing this letter, uh, Peter and his readers uh, were waiting for Jesus to return, just as we are today. And it seems that uh, for Peter's readers, this was a particularly hard time of waiting. Uh, we don't know uh, the details uh, of what was happening, uh, but in our passage today, Peter does refer to them suffering from all kinds of grief and uh, trials. And so it seems the main reason that Peter wrote this letter was to encourage them as they went through these trials uh, while they waited for Jesus to return. And perhaps uh, for that reason, this will be a really good uh, letter for us uh, to uh, hear from at this time too, uh, because this is obviously also a hard time for us as a community. Uh, that's true for all of us, uh, but for some of us, it's uh, particularly true. Uh, for example, if home is not a happy or safe place to be, or if uh, we've lost our employment, or if we're a, if we're a health worker. Uh, whatever difficulties we're suffering at this time, I think uh, we can really benefit from Peter's letter, uh, because it does seem to have been written especially for some Christians who are going through a hard time. Well, Peter begins by addressing his readers, and he mentions that they are scattered around Pontus, and Galatia and Cappadocia and Asia and uh, Bithynia. And in verse 1, he calls his readers exiles. Uh, perhaps that's the first hint in this letter uh, that life isn't easy for these Christians. He doesn't explain uh, what he means there, but he will uh, give more idea of that later on. And similarly, also in his introduction, he gives some little points of encouragement uh, that uh, he'll also explain later on. Uh, so, for example, he uh, says that they are God's chosen people and that they are being sanctified by his spirit and uh, that they have been sprinkled by his blood. So Peter gives some good encouragement uh, right there in his introduction. And then in verse 3, uh, he makes his first really big point of encouragement. Uh, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because in his great mercy... He has given us new birth. So Peter's first big point of his, uh, Peter's first big point of encouragement is that his readers have been born again. And as you might know, that's an image the Bible often uses to describe what happens to us when we become Christians. Uh, we're born a second time, and in fact, not only are we born a second time, we're uh, conceived 
a second time. Well, to get us thinking about birth and conception, and also for a bit of uh, fun and variety, I'm going to play a little song from my podcast uh, that I'm hoping people at Mary Creek might want to help me with once uh, the lockdown is over. It's a podcast I record in front of live audiences as a fun event for uh, people to invite their friends along to. Uh, so uh, we can't hold another recording until the lockdown is over. Anyway, this song uh, is all about birth and uh, conception, although it doesn't use those words. Uh, instead, it uses the word begat, which, as you might know, is an old uh, word for what a father does in creating a baby. And uh, I've actually made a black and white film of this uh, too. So uh, that's what I'll play for you now. Many, 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 many men begat. Abraham begat. Isaac begat. Jacob begat. Many men begat. Judah begat. Perez begat. Hezron begat. And Ram begat. His son Aminadab begat. Nashon begat. Salmon begat. Boaz begat, Obed begat, Jesse begat, David begat, Solomon begat, Rehoboam begat, Abijah begat, Asa begat. Jehoshaphat, Fat-Fat begat, Jehoram begat, Aziah begat, Jotham begat, Ahaz begat, Hezekiah begat, Manasseh begat. Amon begat, Josiah begat, Jeconiah begat, Shealtiel begat, Zerubbabel begat, Abihud and Eliakim begat. Azor begat, Zadok begat, Akim begat, Elihud begat, Eliezer he sure did begat, Matan begat, Jacob begat. And last of all, I think it's at verse 18 of the Gospel of Matt, the Lord, the Holy Ghost, begat the little baby Jesus Christ. How about that? So that was a song all about birth and conception. Uh, the song is from my podcast, and I made the film uh, in North Carolina last year with some bluegrass musicians and some Appalachian clog dancers. Uh, and if you'd like to watch it again, I'll uh, post the YouTube link here on our Facebook page after the service. Uh, so the idea of that was to help us think about what Peter says here about a new birth. And one important point about the new birth is who it is, actually is uh, that does the begetting. Uh, so in the song, it's a list of fathers who do the begetting. And obviously for every father, there's a mother uh, who also brings a new baby into the world. And in fact, they do, of course, all the hard work of it. But one person who doesn't contribute to the begetting at all is the baby. 
Uh, that's true with uh, any physical birth, and it's true with our new birth. Uh, we don't do any of the work ourselves. Uh, Peter says that it's a work of God the Father through the resurrection of uh, Jesus from the dead. And for that reason, uh, because it's not something we achieve, uh, we can joyfully praise and thank the Lord for giving it to us. Well, the other point uh, Peter makes about our new birth, uh, this time in verse 4, is that it gives us a living hope and an, and an inheritance that can never spoil or perish or fade. Uh, so in the same way that our first birth uh, gives us life in this world, our second birth gives us eternal life. And that means uh, we get to know and enjoy God now. And then later on, we will know and enjoy God face to face in the new creation. And that life with uh, God will then last forever. It's an inheritance that will never spoil or perish or fade. Now, whenever I hear encouragement like that, I can be very quick to doubt that it's actually true, or at least true uh, for me. So, for example, I sometimes doubt whether I'll be able to continue believing in Jesus uh, for the rest of my life. Maybe I'll uh, fall away from being a Christian, and so I won't enter the new creation. Well, doubts like that are quite common among Christians, and uh, perhaps some of Peter's readers were often tempted to doubt in that way, uh, because his next few verses uh, seem especially designed to help uh, with doubts like that. So in verse 5, he says that uh, through faith, we are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, what I think this means is that God is actually protecting us uh, so that nothing can ever separate us uh, from his love. And part of that uh, is that he's protecting our faith in him. Uh, he's making sure that whatever hardships come along, uh, we will continue believing in him until the end. So that means that every believer can be confident that they will actually uh, enter the new creation. It would be be a bit like in our present situation if somehow each one of us could know that neither we nor any of our loved ones uh, would uh, suffer from the coronavirus. Uh, it would be like if uh, we could be certain that uh, one day uh, all this situation would end and that our lives would uh, not only go back to normal but be infinitely better than they were before. If we could know that uh, for certain, it would be just like uh, the knowledge that we can have about our eternal future. Uh, we can know for certain that we will see God face-to-face uh, -face in the new creation. And so that means that even in the darkest times, uh, while we're waiting, uh, we have something that we can uh, rejoice in and take comfort in and uh, look forward to. And it seems Peter's readers were really taking hold of that hope uh, because in verse 6 he's able to say to his readers, uh, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while uh, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Now, if you're like me, uh, perhaps you'll still be finding reasons to doubt, uh, even after hearing that. And a common thing to doubt is whether our faith is even real in the first place. So we might think, well, God will certainly protect every Christian until the end. But what if I'm not a Christian now? What if I'm just a pretender? What if I'm pretending to myself as well as to others? 
Well, I think Peter has a good answer for that too. Uh, in verse 7, he seems to be saying that even though suffering is very hard, it can uh, actually help us by proving to us that our faith is real. If we only ever believed in the good times, then perhaps there's a chance our faith might not be real uh, because it's never been tested. Uh, but if we keep believing when it's hard, then that helps to show us that our faith must be real. Uh, so in verse 7, uh, Peter says that the difficulties that come our way, or that he says that difficulties come our way so that the proven genuineness of our faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. So I think Peter is comparing our faith in hard times to the way gold is refined by fire. After it's been through the fire, you can see that it's gold even more than you could before. And of course, this also helps us to know that God really does protect us uh, when we suffer. Uh, every, every time we go through a hard period, uh, we can come out of it. And if we come out of it still trusting in God, uh, then we can be even more sure that God is protecting us and that he will keep protecting us until the end. Well, as an illustration of that, I'm going to play you another clip from my podcast. In most episodes... I take a call from a listener and I ask them to tell a story that they think uh, could be a good sermon illustration. It's not always a good sermon illustration. Sometimes it is. Anyway, on this occasion, I asked if someone could tell us a story that in some way relates to fruit. I believe we have Murray with us. Hello. Hello there. Thank you for being with us. No problem. And t so tell us your story about fruit. Yes, it does. You know those little stickers you get on an apple? Oh, yes. A wee, a wee or, thing that... Or any uh, piece of fruit, really. Aye. Bananas. Um, Stone fruit, yeah. All, all kinds, all kinds. Yep. They have the wee sticker on there. And quite often, I'll go to eat an apple, for example, and I don't think about where I've taken a sticker off, and I'll be eating it, and then I'll notice the sticker. Yes. And I think, gosh, one day I may eat that sticker. And not notice, you know, I might, I might exactly swallow the sticker. Yes, yes. And that's I, a concern. Yes, I, I worry about that too. Yeah. Right. Well, not just me then. <laughs> uh, and, um, well, well, I thought that's a good illustration of staying as a Christian. <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> right, because God has helped me not eat a sticker off an apple till now. Yes. I've never actually eaten one. So no. Um, although I'm, I, I may be fearful of it, yes. it's not happened. No. So, if it's not happened till now, why should I think it should or yeah, it may yeah. happen in the future? Yes. So you know you can you can worry that am I going to stay? Yeah. Um, to the end. Yes. But why why should I if if you know God will keep me going? Yes. All the way. So if He's stopped you from eating stickers till now. Why wouldn't he keep you stopping from eating the stickers? Exactly. If exactly. he stopped you from stopping believing till now, why wouldn't he keep stopping you from stopping believing? Right, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stopping in there, but uh, yeah, no, that's right. That is right. That is right. That's what I mean. Oh, exactly. Well, well, Murray, I think that's a very good illustration. Thank you very much. Uh, You're Murray. welcome. Uh, please call again sometime. Okay. 
So here in our passage, I think Peter is making a similar point to the one the caller was making there. And so Peter is giving another reason why every Christian can be confident of seeing Jesus in the new creation. And it's a confidence that grows over time. Because obviously, the longer we've been Christians and the more hard times we've gone through, the more confident we can be that God must be protecting us until the end. Well, next in the passage, Peter makes another point about our new birth. And that is that it gives us a new nature. So just as our first birth gives us a sinful nature, our new birth gives us a nature that loves God and wants to be with him and wants to do what he says. So I think that's what Peter means when he says to his readers in verse 8 that even though they haven't uh, seen Jesus, uh, they love him. Now, sometimes in the Bible, the word uh, love means an action, uh, something that we decide to do. Uh, But I don't think Peter here is using the word love like that. And neither do I think he's using it the way we often use it today, which is to refer just to a feeling. Instead, I think uh, Peter means uh, the very deepest attitude and uh, inclination and affection and uh, instinct of our hearts. Uh, so it's a love that is in our, in our hearts, no matter how we're feeling or thinking, and no matter whether we're making good decisions or bad decisions, that love is always there. And in fact, it's a love that's so deep in our hearts and so much a part of our nature that it actually produces many of our feelings and thoughts and actions. Uh, so that means that as Christians, uh, we will often instinctively do loving things uh, without even thinking about it, uh, just as we often sin without thinking about it. So that's the love that I think Peter is referring to in verse 8. And it's a love that uh, becomes part of our nature uh, when we are born again. And I think that might also help us understand what Peter says next to his readers. Uh, he says, You are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy uh, because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So here Peter is talking about a joy. And joy, I think, is something that is also part of our nature as Christians. It's something that is deep down in our hearts, whether we're feeling it or not. Uh, But sometimes it does actually uh, come up uh, into our emotions and we really do feel joy. And that is what seems to have happened uh, to Peter's readers here. They are feeling a glorious and inexpressible joy, even though they are going through a hard time. Now, whenever I feel a glorious and inexpressible joy, it's usually because I've been thinking about uh, some or all of the things that Peter has mentioned in this passage. Uh, So, for example, the mercy of the Lord, uh, our sprinkling by his blood or the new birth, or the hope of the new creation. So if I want to feel joy, the best thing I can do is think over those things, particularly with other people helping me. Sometimes I think about those things and uh, I don't feel anything at all, sometimes for quite long periods. Uh, But when I think about those things, uh, sometimes I do feel joy, uh, just as Peter's readers uh, were when he was writing them this letter. So I think perhaps uh, the best application for us from 
this passage today uh, is just to think as much as we can uh, over the wonderful things that Peter has said here in this passage and uh, to think over them especially with other people. As we do that, it will uh, certainly help us to know for certain that we will one day see Jesus in the new creation. And uh, as uh, we think about that too, perhaps we might even feel a glorious and inexpressible joy. Well, whenever I preach on a short passage, uh, I like to finish by reading it again, just in case I haven't got it quite right. And uh, another reason to do that today is that uh, I've run out of time to talk about verses 10 to 12, uh, but I think they are fairly easy to understand. And uh, just hearing them again will more than uh, do them justice. So, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you have had, you have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving, they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Amen.